Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Once again, welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdrich. How is everybody doing? Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan, Georgia. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill, Christie's Cafe, the Man in the Mirror podcast, and a new sponsor to the show, Local Grounds Cafe and Coffee Shop. And I am excited that they are joining the show as a sponsor. I plan on doing some live shows at the coffee shop over there. Just a reminder that next week I will have my 500th episode at Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill Tuesday night. It's going to air on Wednesday, but we are going to go live at Ivy and it should be a lot of fun. I cannot wait for that show. Before I get my broadcast partner and co-host Corey Bake on for the Daily Dash, we have a special guest making his debut on the show is WTVM sports anchor Tony Reese. We do have a great show for you. To include Game 4 of the World Series, it's all knotted up at 2. The Hawks get a big road win over the New York Knicks. They overcome a large deficit to win that game. And I'm going to preview some of the events that's happening locally here in Columbus, including the Fountain City Classic. I found out yesterday that I'm going to fill in for legendary broadcaster Carlos Williams on 95.7 ESPN Radio for the high school game of the week. This Friday night, it is Ace Charter against Spencer at the brand new Otis Spencer Stadium. I am excited to actually be in the press box and to call a high school football game at Otis Spencer Stadium. And my broadcast partner, Corey Bank, is going to be joining me. So you get the tandem for the high school game of the week on the CW Jabama, and we are going to be on 95.7 ESPN Radio. Spencer is about to make history. If they beat Ace Charter, they will be region champions for the first time in school history. And, oh, I cannot wait to call that game Friday night. The Atlanta Hawks, last night at Madison Square Garden, get the 112-99 victory. They overcame a 23-point deficit, and they defeated the New York Knicks, and they are 5-3 on the season. And it was DeJounte Murray who led the Hawks with 36 points. Trey Young actually scored 17 points. He had a bad night shooting, which was really unheard of for Trey Young and a performance at Madison Square Garden. The Hawks are back in action at State Farm Arena this Saturday against the New Orleans Pelicans. This was the craziest NBA game last night. So the Pelicans lose to the Lakers in overtime, 120-17. to The Lakers had a huge lead. They had a 16-point lead. New Orleans led by Zion Williamson with 27 points. We're up by three with a chance to ice the game with three throws. They miss the three throws. And then small forward Matt Ryan for the Los Angeles Lakers hits a three to send it to overtime. Yeah, I'm going to start calling him Matty Ice. He's probably getting that nickname already. Matt Ryan, the small forward, undrafted in 2020, playing for the Los Angeles Lakers. And I tend to diss the Lakers on the show. They're two and five. I don't know if this is a playoff team. They have Russell Westbrook coming off the bench. Anthony Davis has got to stay healthy. But if they get players involved, like Lonnie Walker, the fourth, who had 28 points, if Troy Brown Jr. gets involved, I think that the Lakers could be a playoff team. Some of the other action last night in the NBA, the Memphis Grizzlies get the road victory over the Portland Trail Blazers. The Milwaukee Bucks are still undefeated. They're the only undefeated team in the NBA. And the Cleveland Cavaliers... Defeat the Boston Celtics 114-113 to in overtime. The Cavaliers are the surprise of the league. 6-1. And, one. and uh, you think right now LeBron is uh, regretting that decision to go to L.A.? Look at what the Cavaliers have done. I'm excited for what the Cavaliers have been doing with the acquisition of Donovan Mitchell. History was made last night at Citizens Bank Ballpark. The Houston Astros 
no hit the red hot Phillies to even up the series at two games apiece. Oh, I cannot wait. This is at least going to go game six, possibly game seven. There were combined four pitchers, including Christian Javier, who no hit the Phillies. And the Astros get the win five to nothing. This is only the second time in World Series history that a no hitter has been completed. We all know Don Larson, the only person in history to pitch a perfect game in the World Series. And the Astros silence the Phillies' bats. They get all their runs in the fifth inning. It's knotted up at two. And the Phillies have got to win game five because you don't want to go back to Houston with a chance for the Astros to clinch that series at home for game six and game seven. The Phillies have got to get this game. Game five is going to be tonight. Looking at the pitching matchups, Justin Verlander going up against Noah Syndergaard. I think that the Phillies are saving Zach Wheeler for either Game 6 and Game 7. Well, the NFL trade deadline has passed, and the real winners that came out of this was the Miami Dolphins. Getting Bradley Chubb and using the three draft picks they got in the Trey Lance trade with the 49ers to acquire Bradley Chubb, Jalen Waddell, and Tyreek Hill. It's incredible what the Miami Dolphins are doing. Mike McDaniel, their new head coach, has created a culture. And Tua is actually a very decent quarterback. I don't know if they're going to catch the Bills for the division, but the Miami Dolphins are going to be a dangerous wildcard team, and they could win on the road. I see them upsetting a Baltimore or a Tennessee in the first round of the playoffs. And look out, the Miami Dolphins, they have set the tempo they are an explosive offense and now they got the pass rusher that they need to stop a Patrick Mahomes or stop a Josh Allen in the playoffs the Miami Dolphins have been the surprise team so far this year they also are very rich in former 49er running backs in the backfield with Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. as the 49ers traded Jeff Wilson Jr. over to the Miami Dolphins for a draft pick. Uh, Just a lot of moves happening at the trade deadline. And uh, this has really been the most active trade deadline that I've ever witnessed in the National Football League. We do have a game tonight on Amazon Prime as the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Houston Texans. And I expect the Eagles to continue to be undefeated. A lot of great games that my broadcast partner and co-host Corey Bank and I are going to go over on the segment as we make our football picks, but has there really been anybody that stood out so far in the National Football League? It's always been a league of parity. I think that the NFC East has got a lot of great teams, including the Washington Commanders, who are 4-4 there in last place. But the team that has shocked me the most has been the Seattle Seahawks. Five and three, Geno Smith is actually doing a very good job at quarterback. And they have pieces. He has weapons around him. I actually expected the Seattle Seahawks to be one of the worst teams in the league. And that is not the case. And I think that Pete Carroll should have some consideration for Coach of the Year. Especially what he has been doing. He's not going to get it. I think that Coach of the Year is going to be Brian Dable in New York. They have kind of set the tone. And a culture change is happening over in the New York football Giants camp. The Atlanta Falcons will host the Los Angeles Chargers. This Chargers team is is just a, a mystery because they'll lose to the Jaguars, they'll lose to the Seahawks at home, but they haven't really beaten anybody. They're four and three, and we really don't know what type of team we're going to get. They're not going to have Keenan Allen. So the Atlanta Falcons have a chance to have a winning record for the first time since 2017. This is big, especially for a team that's supposed to be rebuilding. A lot of local sports happening around the Chattahoochee Valley, including tonight. Callaway is in Fairburn to take on Landmark Christian. This game has been moved to Thursday night. We have a big game at Callaway Stadium. It is the high school game of the week. You voted for it on Twitter. The final high school game of the week for the regular season is LaGrange at Troop County. LaGrange has to win this game to make the playoffs because they're going to have to rely on Trinity Christian to lose to Fayette County, and I don't see it happening. So there's a possible chance that the Grangers could be 7-3 and and miss out on the playoffs. Troop County is just having a successful, historic season. First region title since 1987. And, of course, we have some other action that I will get into on the High School Football Preview Review Show. It will be a special playoff edition on tomorrow's show as WRBL Sports Director Jack Patterson will be on the show as we will preview the Alabama playoffs 
and have a sneak preview of the final regular season week in the state of Georgia as we get ready for playoffs. Now, next week, I am excited about this guest. I'm going to have Matt Stewart on next week as we are going to preview the playoffs for Georgia. Matt Stewart is the voice of high school football in Georgia. He does the play-by-play for the GPB Network, and he does the high school game of the week for the state of Georgia. I am super excited to get him on the show next week. The Fountain City Classic is going to be this Saturday, and this is always a special event. Fort Valley State taking on Albany State, and it's going to be at A.J. McClung Memorial Stadium. This is the only college football game in Columbus. And so this is going to be a special treat. I hope that everybody is able to enjoy this event, as it's always a great event. So we have a big game this Saturday, 3.30 on CBS, Tennessee and Georgia. I am super excited about this game. But let's go ahead and go around the other teams in Georgia. Georgia Tech is on the road in Blacksburg, Virginia, taking on the Virginia Tech Hokies. Georgia Tech is 3-5. and five. Virginia Tech is 2-6. and six. You got Georgia State, 3-5 and five on the season. They are on the road in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, taking on the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. And that game will be televised on ESPN Plus at 3 p.m. Meanwhile, Georgia Southern, 5-3 and three on the year, is hosting the Jaguars from South Alabama on ESPN Plus at 4 p.m. Kennesaw State, who's 4-4 four and four on the season, is traveling to Martin, Tennessee to take on the UT Martin Skyhawks. That game will be at 1 p.m. on ESPN+. And the Mercer Bears are on a bye this week. It is senior day at Callaway Stadium as the LaGrange Panthers are hosting Southern Virginia. And Point University, who is riding a two-game win streak, is taking on Reinhardt University. It should be fun. It's always fun college football in the state of Georgia. And like I said, I try to get as local as possible here on this show as this is the only podcast local to Columbus that's offered a local show five days a week. The 3-1 and one Columbus River Dragons are in action in Biloxi, Mississippi over the weekend as they will take on the Mississippi Seawolves for two more games and then... Veterans Day at the Columbus Civic Center. Uh, This game should be sold out. I mean, you've got that atmosphere. This will be the first time at the Columbus Civic Center since Game 1 of the Commissioner's Cup Final against Watertown. And guess what? The River Dragons are playing Watertown. That game day atmosphere, Scott Brand does an amazing job promoting the River Dragons. I cannot wait just to hear the play-by-play announcer Tom Callahan on the air if I'm not out at the game. Just a reminder that media days for high school basketball in the Fountain City will take place this Sunday afternoon on the campus of St. Ampicelli. And the schedules are out. I'm excited about high school basketball. The Spencer Green Wave are defending their state title, and now they're in 2A. I think that they could do it. You have the Carver girls that made a deep run in the playoffs last year. And I'm interested to see these teams like Shaw and Northside to see if they can compete in high school basketball as well. It's going to be very different to see high school basketball with the new realignment of the divisions. Uh, Last year, I was the public address announcer for Russell County. Their first home game is against Barber County on November the 8th. And these high schools are just starting earlier and earlier. I'm really looking forward to seeing all these teams in action. And let's see if these teams can make a deep run in the playoffs. The Georgia Vipers, they are back in action for the fall season. This Sunday at the KBW Gymnasium at 6 p.m. As they are taking on the River Region Generals. It's the fall season in the Professional Basketball Association. The doors will open at 5.30. Tickets are $10 for adults, $5 for kids. There is free parking. Come on out to the KBW Gymnasium located at 1452 Box Circle in Columbus, Georgia. See exciting basketball players like Cortez Chaney, who's been on this show a couple of times. Cornelius Thomas. You've got some great basketball players both players made the all pba first team last season looking forward to an incredible fall season for 
the Georgia Vipers. And I like the new logo. They've put Columbus in the new logo. I like it. I'm wondering if they're going to start calling themselves the Columbus Georgia Vipers. Because you got to represent Columbus when you're playing basketball. And I feel that this product's going to get bigger. Uh, Angela Daniels-Culliver and Dr. Tasha Malone do a great job just promoting this organization. I actually was in attendance for All-Star Weekend back in August, and it was just a fun time. And I can't wait to see some uh, Georgia Vipers basketball. Hey, this Saturday at the Walden Soccer Complex, the Columbus State Lady Cougars in action against Flagler for the Peach Belt Conference Championship. And uh, we get ready for the NCAA tournament coming up, and I expect the Columbus State Lady Cougars to make a deep run in the NCAA playoffs. And who knows? We might even get some future Columbus Rapids that play for Columbus State, and the season is just starting. They're not even going to conflict with each other. With their season ending, the rapid season will begin with the first preseason game on December the 1st. College basketball is starting up next week. I am excited about college basketball. Can Kansas defend their NCAA title? Usually a college basketball team does not repeat. The last repeat champ was the Florida Gators in 2006 and 2007. Oh, beat my Memphis Tigers. I'm telling you, that was, to me, in my mind, the greatest team to never win an NCAA title was the 2008 Memphis Tigers. I was heartbroken because Kansas beat them on a Mario Chambers 3 to send it to overtime. But the Florida Gators in 06 and 07 were a very good team. That was the last repeat champ led by head coach Billy Donovan. They had great players like Joe Kim Noah, Al Hortford, Corey Brewer. And uh, Memphis never had a chance to play them. Uh, I think they caught a break in 06 when George Mason made it to the Final Four. It made their path a little bit easier. But I think that North Carolina has a shot. They are the AP number one as they have the best player in all of college basketball, Armando Baycott. And I think the North Carolina Tar Heels are going to have a very good season, especially under second-year head coach Hubert Davis. Uh, They really shined as an eight seed, making it all the way to the championship against the Kansas Jayhawks. I get super excited about college basketball. I mean, I had head coach Robert Moore and head coach Matt Hauser of the Cougar and Lady Cougars last week. I'm hoping to have them more on the show as we get into Columbus State basketball as well, as their season will start in a couple of weeks. I am super excited about that. And we also have LaGrange College coming out to the Mariotti Gymnasium and seeing the LaGrange Panthers and Lady Panthers. That is always special. And, of course, the Point University Skyhawks and Lady Skyhawks as well. An NAIA school that will play my alma mater on December the 30th. Looking forward to that. It's going to be in Henderson, Tennessee. But, you know, always a pleasure. I was able to see Freed Harmon take on Point University last year. This is the 12-year anniversary of the San Francisco Giants winning their first World Series since 1954. And as a Giants fan, I've got emotional when Brian Wilson struck out Nelson Cruz on that final pitch as the Giants beat the Texas Rangers in five. First World Series title in San Francisco. They got close in 2 of course, by the Dusty Baker-led Giants that were five outs away from winning. The earthquake series against the Oakland Athletics was heartbreaking because I felt if there was no earthquake, I think the Giants could have matched up with the Oakland Athletics starters in Games 3 and Games 4. I was happy to see the Giants win the World Series in 2010. They went on to win two more World Series titles in 12 and in 14. They made the playoffs in 16, so I'm starting to see a trend every even year the Giants are doing well. And they made the playoffs last season as they did win 107 games, and they lost to the Dodgers in an epic NLDS. It was just incredible, and it was a dream come true. I was glad that I was able to see the Giants take on their longtime rival, the Dodgers, in the NLDS. So I actually forgot to mention on the show that yesterday was the one-year anniversary for the Braves winning the World Series. And this just in, Jorge Soler's home run has finally, after a year in orbit, has finally landed. All right, I think it's about that time to bring on my broadcast partner and co-host Corey Bank for the Daily Dash so we can make some NFL picks. You don't want to go anywhere. We'll be back with Corey. Stick around. 
And welcome back to the show. On the show today, I've got my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank, for the Daily Dash. Corey, you ready to make some NFL football picks? Corey, Absolutely, Richard. I'm sorry. Let's start over. I'm sorry. Corey, you ready to make some football picks for the NFL? Yes, Richard. Always an exciting time. All right. Well, we're going to start. We're going to start with the local team in Georgia. The Atlanta Falcons are hosting the Los Angeles Chargers after the Falcons getting a big win against the Carolina Panthers, one of the craziest games I ever saw. The Chargers are actually a road favorite. I actually like the matchup. Justin Herbert, he's an elite quarterback. The Chargers are a mystery, though. They lose to the Jaguars. They lose to the Seahawks at home. But if you look at the, if you look at the Chargers' opponents, they beat the Texans, they beat the Browns, they beat the Broncos, and they beat the Raiders. Corey, that's not very impressive. If the Falcons are a team that wants to have their first winning season since 2017, the Falcons need to win this game. This is one of those games that's a tricky game because I could see the Falcons lose it because Justin Herbert can get hot, but he does not have his favorite target, Keenan Allen. So I'm going to say the Falcons are going to win this game because they're playing at home and they're supposed to win the game. That's a very bold prediction, Richard. It is going to be about consistency. If they're going to keep this thing going with their win percentage and to live up to all the hype that they've been putting together so far this year. So against the team they're playing against the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, Richard, stepped onto the field holding a record of 4-3 and three on the year. The last time they stepped on the field, the Chargers faced off with the Seahawks and took a loss by the final score of 37-23. Yes, Justin Herbert went 33-51 with 293 yards through the air and two touchdowns. He had a quarterback rating of 84.8 and walked away from the contest throwing an interception. But Austin Eckler left with the average rushing yards 12 receptions out of the backfield for 96 total yards, eight yards per catch. Eckler is the leading offensive rusher. But in the football game, he did have a tough time running between the tackles and hitting the holes where they needed to be and popping loose with his carry average of just 3.4 on nine carries for 31 yards. But the Los Angeles Chargers ended up running the ball 15 different times, 53 yards in the game last week. Three and a half yards per carry. But against the run, the Chargers gave up 214 yards on the ground, Richard, on 34 attempts, which averages to be 6.3 yards. But the Falcons step into this matchup with a even 4-4 record. In their last game, the Falcons got the win with the final score 37-34 in a close contest against their division foe. The Panthers. So, Marcus Mariota threw three touchdowns. He ended the contest with 253 through the air on 20 of 28 passing, while the quarterback had a 105.2 QBR rating. He threw two picks in his average yard per attempt ratio of nine yards attempt. Caleb Huntley ran the football 16 times for 91 yards. And that is averaging 5.7 yards attempt for the Falcons. Now, that is really an interesting stat, Richard, because that would mean that on averaging every two carries, he's going to get the first down, which is very viable in this league. Now, Kyle Pitts was the top contributor in the passing game, grabbing five balls for 80 yards, 16 yards per reception. The Atlanta Falcons ran the football very proficiently in the game. Now, in order for them to get this win in this gridiron clash of the Titans, I will have to take in this one, and they're going to keep it going, the Falcons. Great pick, Corey. Now let's talk about your Jets. You know, they're getting a lot of points as a home underdog. The Bills traveling to MetLife Stadium to take on the New York Jets. The Bills look like one of the best teams in all of football, but a 12-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, that's a lot of points. I think that the Jets are going to keep it close. This is a rivalry game. This is a game where the Jets lose to the Patriots. Nothing was going right for Josh Wilson, throwing three picks. 
And I think this is one of those games where they can bounce back and head coach Robert Sala is going to get them playing tough because they're five and three. I mean, they're still in the hunt for the playoffs. I mean, you have three wild card teams. They could possibly come out of the AFC East and you got to watch out for the Patriots because they're four and four. And so this is one of those games where I think the Jets are going to play tough. They're going to give it their all, but too much Buffalo. And I think the Buffalo wins, but the Jets cover. Interesting prediction, Richard. So, yes, it is going to be a division fight between two teams. One that is honestly the best team in football. That would be the Buffalo Bills coming into this game as a 6-1 and one record. So, in their last game, they took on the Packers, Richard. They won by the final score of 27-17. Their leading rusher, Devin Singletary, was the best rusher in the game. Except he was dynamic in the passing game. They got him going on screens, slant routes, and flare routes on the field. He had six catches for 108 yards. That's dynamic for a running back. But how can you forget their most prolific passer, in the game today, Josh Allen, 13 of 25 last week for 218 yards, two touchdowns through the air. He had a QBR rating of 75, but they did finish the contest with two interceptions. Now, on the ground, the Bills gave up 208 yards, very uncharacteristic of them, Richard. 6.7 yards per rush. In the last game, they found the the Packers found the foundation of getting through the holes in the seams of the defense. But in that regard, when it all came said and done, the Bills put together the win. So, the New York Jets coming to this week. Last week, they had a tough week against the New England Patriots. It was said right then and there that Zach Wilson was being very inconsistent with his throws going 20 of 41 for 355 yards. But the tall telling hand is the young quarterback needs to learn to not throw the ball away. Sometimes you just have to throw the ball out of bounds and not and keep your team in football games. That's something that he's going to have to learn, Richard. So he had a 64.6 QBR rating. Not a great day. He had three interceptions. And Michael Carter had seven carries, Richard, for 26 yards on the game. 3.7 yards, carry average, not great. But the shining star, rookie, wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, caught six balls in the game for 115 yards. He won the Rookie of the Week award. So the Jets have to put things together. Their, their defense looks stout, stuffing up holes. Quinn Williams looked great. On the defensive line, C.J. Mosley stuffing plays. D.J. Reed really stepping up. And you have to love the dynamic lockdown corner and sauce Gardner. So the Jets, in order for them to keep themselves in this football game, they're going to have to control the line the scrimmage, which has been a tough point for them this year since they're definitely in the latter part of the rankings in the NFL. Night and day, they have a top five defense, and they're – Offense is one of the worst in the league. They're going to have to make this game ugly. But in this game, I will have to say it's going to be the Bills that take this one, Richard. So we both agree that Buffalo is going to win this game. Now the primetime game on CBS. Two disappointing teams. The three and four Rams travel to Tampa to take on the even more disappointing three and five Buccaneers. And these two teams were the two top teams in the NFC last year. In fact, met in the playoffs in that wild thriller of a game where the Buccaneers almost had that comeback against the Rams. This is going to be the strength of the Tampa Bay D-line going against the Rams that do not have an offensive line, and they hardly have a running game. They were humiliated last week against the San Francisco 49ers. Even though the Rams have stars, stars don't get it done in this league, and you're starting to see that this defending Super Bowl champion of the Rams are starting to look like a one-hit wonder. Also, 
Tom Brady losing to the Baltimore Ravens didn't really help his cause as he is having a disappointing season and in he's he's playing he's playing hard but the Buccaneers are depleted by injuries. The Buccaneers are favorite and they're at home so that's why I'm going to say that the Buccaneers are going to win. But my goodness, Corey, I know that when they came out with the schedule, they thought that these two teams were going to be the top teams in the NFC, but this is what we've got. That's a very interesting prediction, Richard. So, yes, both these two teams have had disappointing seasons. Tom Brady, yes, the legend, the GOAT, they call him Tom Brady, this year is starting to show his age. It doesn't really help that their offensive line are not playing the way they did when they have made trips to the playoffs and winning a Super Bowl championship. Their run game is not as efficient. Leonard Fournette has not been running with the ball as efficiently through the tackles and driving the piles. They're a team at this point in time that relies on a run first phases of the football games. The problem is, is that because they're not getting the push up front, it does not open up the pass lane for Tom Brady to stay in the pocket and make the throws to the Mike Evans, the, the Chris Godwins of the world. And it does not help that they do not have a dynamic tight end this year. Cameron Bray, role player. The bottom line is that this offense is not getting it done. Now on the defensive side of the ball, it's not the same. Their defensive line is not the same. I mean, you have great linebackers. Devin White is still a great run-stuffing linebacker, and he's athletic, and he's able to get out to the tackle box and cover the slot-wide receivers. He's going to have to have a game for the Bucks that's going to be truly a dynamic one. Ten-plus tackles, two sacks, in order for them to stay with the Rams in that regard. Now, on the Rams side, you got quarterback Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, I'm going to tell you, does not look like the same quarterback that he did when they made a run last year and won it all. Matthew Stafford has had a really good career. Great pocket passer, is able to hit those medium routes over the field. And then when he can throw the long ball, he's immaculate. But the thing is, is that obviously this year, not the same when you don't have an Odell Beckham to open up the field for the dynamic Cooper Cup, even though Cooper Cup is one of the best receivers in the game. His numbers are not nearly as good as they would hope to be. But I feel like because of this, they're relying too much on the stars. They don't have enough role players to really make it a game. That is really the kind of game that is a Rams kind of physicality game that people are ball hawks on defense. Aaron Donald, he's a dynamic pass rusher. He's going to have to have a great day and get in the backfield all day long on Sunday. But the thing is, is that this Rams team is going to fight. They're going to give it all they have. But in the end of the day, Richard, I'm going to take the Bucks in this one. And now the Sunday night football game in Arrowhead Stadium. The Tennessee Titans, 5-2, and two, taking on the 5-2 and two Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by 12 and a half. That's a lot of points to give to a team that likes to pound the rock with Derrick Henry. That is going to be the Titans' goal, is to give the ball to Derrick Henry about 30 to 35 times, keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. It's going to be hard to do because the Chiefs' defense is a very good defense. And guess what, Corey? Andy Reid coming off a bye is practically perfect. I got to look up and see what his record is coming off a bye, but he is a genius when it comes to Andy Reid coming off a bye. And I think the Chiefs win, and I think they cover. Just for that simple fact, it's a primetime game, and they're given a week to prepare for it. And Patrick Mahomes is starting to look hot. The last time we saw the Chiefs, they destroyed a pretty decent 49ers team, 44-23. to Very interesting prediction indeed, Richard. So, it's a very great contest. you got the Tennessee Titans. They're 5-2 on the year. And last week, it's very interesting that they started their rookie quarterback, his first game, Malik Willis. He went 6-10 of 10 with 55 yards to the air. Not a great first performance for him. But like you said, it looks like the legend 
of King Henry. Yes, Derrick Henry is going to have to rush the ball at least 30 times in this game. They're going to have to control the clock. They're going to have to win the game in the trenches. And Derrick Henry is going to have to pop one loose. I think he's going to have to get at least a 40-yard rushing touchdown for them to be relevant in this football game in that regard. But the Titans gave up just 43 yards on the ground. So they are their defensive line has been playing stout and has been competitive in that regard so far. But they're going to have to be competitive. And how they do that is also Robert Woods is going to have to show that he is a dynamic threat. So he's going to have to run a seam route. Malik Willis is going to have to complete on a ball that is going to be a deep one, and they're going to have to control the game on the ground. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to have to control the game, get penetration up front the defensive line, get the efficient swim moves, whip moves inside, and their gap-filling linebackers are going to have to step up in the game. Now, you got your Chiefs. It's true, Richard. When is the last time that Andy Reid lost the game coming off a bye? Seriously, I don't even know when that happened. A healthy Chiefs team with a Patrick Mahomes that has figured out that he has thrown to more receivers this year than any other year that he's played in the league, distributing the wealth. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, this year has really been stepping up for them. I can't believe he's ha- he's had the year he's had. Uh, going from Rodgers to Patrick Mahomes, then they have a dynamic running game uh, that's been able to help create space. And how can you forget about Travis Kelsey? My personal opinion, in the past decade, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the game. And when you're able to run crossing routes over the field and be able to distribute the wealth, it just opens up the pass game for that Mahomes-Kelsey combo. Really strong combo. And in this regard, I'm going to have to take with the penetration up front on their offensive line, giving Mahomes time to throw, and the fact that Mahomes has the ability to use different arm angles. This is the stuff they don't talk about in the league. It makes them dynamic. Being able to do so. And that's why Patrick Mahomes and the Red Kingdom Chiefs will win the game. Andy Reid is 19-3 and coming off a bye. That includes his time with the Philadelphia Eagles as well. That's just incredible. Corey, as always, thank you so much once again for being on the show for the Daily Dash and giving the football picks. Looking forward to talking with you about some high school football tomorrow. Thank you so much once again. Absolutely, Richard. Always a pleasure. That was my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank. We will be right back with WTVM sports anchor, Tony Reese. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to the show. On the show today, I've got WTVM sports anchor, Tony Reese. Tony, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Richard. Now, I've had your broadcast partner, Jonathan Hoppy, on the show as we were previewing the upcoming high school football season. The season's winding down. The playoffs are starting in Alabama this weekend. And then Georgia, this is the final regular season week. You guys are going to be covering that high school game of the week. A huge matchup. LaGrange at Troop County. Troop County has already wrapped up the region. First region title since 1987. How big is that game up in Troop County? Man, I would actually just yesterday went up and saw both of these teams. Both of them are looking to bring everything. Troop County coming in undefeated. You know, they, they know it's at stake. They just want to keep this going. I could possibly see them going all the way to state. I've been telling Jonathan all season long. And then kind of looking at LaGrange, this is one of those games that they don't have to win it, but they have to win it to stay in the playoff range. Yes. And ideally with that win, they can host a game at early on in the playoffs. So uh, talking to Coach, you know, he's very well – Similar to what's going on, Coach Napier over at the Grange, he knows what his guys have to bring this week. And then, of course, Coach Listen over at Troop County, they're both bringing it. They both know it's a stake. And, hey, it's just going to be one of those backyard brawls that I just love the experience, man. I'm actually a Smith Station guy myself. So, growing up, it was Smith Station Central, but clearly now we know Central is definitely that dominating team. Last couple yes. seasons, we talk about Alabama. 
like Central and Auburn, that was another good matchup. Both of those guys are looking to make a pretty deep run into the playoffs. So it's just a lot of animosity right about now. But, man, it's one of the best times of the year, in my opinion. It definitely is. You have high school football all over the Chattahoochee Valley, including a big game at the brand-new Otis Spencer Stadium. Ace Charter, 7-1 on the year, taking on the Spencer Green Wave, who are 6-2, 5-0 in the region. Spencer could be winning their first region title for the first time in a long time, probably since the Otis Seastrunk years. I mean, look, we're yeah. talking like early 1970s. It's just a great moment for the Spencer Green Wave. I agree, man. They've been actually pretty lights out. I know that despite that first loss in the season when they, you know, against Carver, everybody thought, oh, well, Spencer's not going to be anything this season. They've actually proved everybody wrong, and I've been saying it week in and week out. I think Spencer is another team. We talk about local teams in the area, and based off the coverage we've been giving them all season long, I think Spencer has a really good thing going over there. You have the guys like Tyson McDaniels. You have the guys up front that are making plays, and I definitely think that's one of those teams. They face an ace charter that's an 8-1 coming in. Uh, they're 7-2, but, you know, I think records really don't mean much when it comes to who has the better heart, who has the bigger heart, and I've always said that all season long. It's just a matter of who wants it more, and I think Spencer's going to bring it this year. And all the Spencer's – Stadium is one of the most beautiful venues I've been to this season alone, and then I think in my entire existence, honestly. Man, they have a lot of good things going over there. Muskogee County School District definitely knows how to get it done. I cannot wait to be at Otis Spencer Stadium this Friday night. I am so excited to be up in that press box as uh, I have had the privilege that I will be calling that game on the radio, and I am excited. I cannot wait, and uh, it'll be my first time at Otis Spencer Stadium, and it should be a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Another school in Columbus I want to talk about who's having an incredible year, the Northside Patriots. They're going to win their first region title in school history. I'm a huge fan of Malachi Hosley. I think this guy is a gamer. I actually had the privilege of seeing Northside at Kennett Stadium, and Malachi Hosley was just running all over Kennett Stadium. This guy is just a gamer. He is definitely one of those guys that Coach O gives a lot of recognition to. Speaking about Coach Oropesa and his team, man, let's talk about it Presley, what they did. They actually did a walk with their region championship last Friday, so now they're looking to keep that momentum going as they go further and further into the playoffs as well. And that's also another team. You know, they talk about a 9-1 and one team. Those guys are pretty impressive. Just uh, I actually spoke with some of the guys last week. They say uh, around their freshman year, two, three years ago, they were 1-9. So in a 9-1 and one change in just a matter of two, three years' time, that's pretty impressive in anybody's book. And you have to give credit to Coach Oropesa and his staff over there just the whole north side culture in general. All right, let's go to the other side of the river as the playoffs are starting in the state of Alabama. Central is taking on Mary and Montgomery. Auburn is going to take on Fairhope. Uh, Dothan actually snuck into the playoffs, and they're going to be on the road against Foley. But that region has always been tough. We expect Central and Auburn to be in the semifinal game, and possibly one of these teams could face either Thompson or Hoover November the 30th at Jordan-Hare Stadium. I think, Tony, I think it's going to be Central and Thompson once again in the state title, but Auburn has might have something to say about that. Richard, I can totally see that. I like what both of those programs have going. Central, honestly, beating Auburn was a big surprise to everybody. I know it's kind of one of those games where you thought Auburn was the team to beat, clearly, after Central lost to Opelika. And then, of course, when they had to play, uh, what was it, uh, IMG Academy, of course, everybody kind of knew that game was kind of on the ends. But the Opelika game, nobody really expected that. So then coming into Auburn, you kind of wondered how that game would play out and to see it firsthand. I definitely think in the playoffs, like you said, it definitely could be a Central Thompson. But I think Auburn and Coach Etheridge have something to say about that. You know, I think they're definitely going to take off that loss they had to Central. And if they do play again, I'll compare it to almost Alabama-Georgia. Remember that year where Georgia beat Alabama and then in a national championship after losing to them in the SEC championship? I kind of see it playing out like that, and that was just last year. So I think they honestly will have almost the same precedent going into this evening. Tony, what is your favorite part about being a sports anchor for WTVM? Richard, if I have to say it, like I said once again, I'm a Swiss Station alum coming here from 2015. I grew up watching WTVM all my life with my granddad. That's where the passion started. And then to kind of really be out here covering it firsthand, man, some of these same venues that I played in as a kid, now to actually come out as an adult and go out and watch some of these programs. Some of my same coaches are actually spread now amongst region schools, so I get to kind of see them. Some of my former teachers, it's always a humbling experience, man. And then just kind of growing up in the atmosphere, it's always sports has always been centric. I recently came from uh, Panama City Beach where I was a reporter. So to now I actually be full time with sports. I'm kind of loving the whole game just to be back. And it's a welcoming. It's a family. It's a community, man, that I've grown to love. 
And I'm just excited to be back and to talk to people like you and just to be, you know, this humble experience. Thank you so much for this honor. Speaking of Panama City, do you happen to know the Prince of Panama City, Thrift Behringer? I've heard of Thrift. I've met him a couple <laughs> times. He's a pretty cool man, man. Him and Daryl Jones, I like what they have going on over there with Sports Vision. They're some pretty cool guys. Oh, that is great. And, of course, I've had your broadcast partner, Jonathan Hoppy, on the show. Uh, I just love talking about high school football. But we're going to go ahead and switch gears because we have one of the biggest games in the state of Georgia. Number three, Georgia. Take it on. Number one, Tennessee. Uh, I have a lot of fans who are Tennessee Vols fans. I'm a Georgia fan, You know, a transplant Georgia fan. I've lived here since 2006. But you got a big prediction at all for the Georgia-Tennessee game? Ah, man. This is one of those games I can't say is going to determine who plays in the SEC championship. Who honestly might go on all the way to the national championship. I like what Georgia's been bringing all season. Now, Tennessee is not the team to be slept on, though. I want people to understand that. That Bama game really showed that Bama can be exposed. And, of course, that's one of those games. Luckily, Georgia doesn't have to play Bama possibly until the SEC championship. I think whoever wins this game definitely will set the precedent. SEC is running. All the top, all the top 25, let's put that in perspective. So last night when those rankings came out, everybody was kind of appalled that Georgia's number three, and they decided to give Tennessee number one, of course. I'm not going to be the one to predict anything just yet. I just think it's going to be a good game. I hope Georgia wins. I hope Georgia wins. But I do like what Tennessee is bringing this year, and I think if they ever wanted to go to the national championship, this would be the year they return. Tony, this is my favorite time of the year to cover local sports here in Columbus because we have the River Dragons playing right now. They're 3-1. and one. They're taking on the Mississippi Sea Wolves for a two-game series. Their first home game is November 11th against the Watertown Wolves, and that is a big deal here at the Columbus Civic Center. I'm part of the broadcast team for the Columbus Rapids. They're going to start their season in December. you got Columbus State basketball. The men and women's team are starting in November. I know that you and Jonathan are going to be all over the coverage here at WTVM, and I just got to say it is just great just having you on the show and, and talking about local sports here in Columbus that that really gets forgotten when you're talking about sports in Georgia because you know you being a local station to Columbus you have this privilege to cover these local teams I agree man it's so many humbling experiences like you said we cover some of avenues high school players that are some of the best in each state and then you look at the college level even here in the semi-pro level we have teams that are dominating in their own respective visions the River Dragons you know, it used to be the Cottonmouths back in the day, so that was a big thing I kind of grew up on to watch that forehand. Bringing in the Rapids, the Chattahoots, I'm loving everything about it. I can't wait to get really fully engulfed in it in the later seasons. You know, right now football is taking precedent to everything. But let's talk about also the North Side Patriots just winning softball and then the Pacelli girls winning the girls cross country. Like, there's so many girl power around here is so excellent, too. There's so many great teams we have. So to just really be able to cover it forehand, I'm enjoying this experience, man. And we also have the Columbus State women's soccer team in the peach belt conference championship this saturday against flagler just a lot you got high school basketball going on you had a uh, media days for east alabama that the schedules are out already for high school basketball spencer the spencer green wave looking to defend their 4a state championship now they're in 2a uh, do you think uh, spencer could repeat as state champions in basketball I definitely could. Spencer has some athletes all across the board. I think, you know, despite the reclassification, I don't think it'll mean much when it comes down to it. Depending on that region, though, that's not to take discredit from any other team in that region. I just think Spencer's going to bring it, and I'm ready to see what they can bring. And I am excited about high school football. Just a big game up in Troop County. Friday night, Troop County and LaGrange. You know what's crazy, Tony? LaGrange could lose this game to Troop County, finish the year 7-3, and and miss out on the playoffs. Me and Jonathan were just talking about that. You hate to see a team like that, especially being now seven and two. The odds that a seven and two, seven and three team potentially could lose out and not make a playoff game sounds ridiculous. But with these classifications, you know, just kind of pick up the draw essentially. And ideally, if they were to lose this game, it really just falls on the Trinity Christian losing their game. I'm told, so it's kind of really up in the mix. It's honestly kind of talking to coach. This is one of those games, like you said, you just kind of have to win. But you know, it's definitely going to be a good ball game regardless. I think both teams are going to bring it. And it's our game of the week, so, of course, I'll be there live with all the coverage starting at 5, and I'm actually shooting that game myself, so I'm super excited to see what happens. Tony, I'm glad you mentioned that you're a Smith Station alum because I had the privilege. Uh, my broadcast partner and I, Corey Bank, for the high school game of the week on the CW Jabama, we had the privilege to call one of the biggest high school upsets I've ever witnessed when Smith Station <laughs> beat Prattville. I got excited on the broadcast. I know Corey I, and I really got excited on the broadcast. It was a special moment for the Smith Station Panthers. Head coach Mike Glisson was 
was emotional, and it was just a wonderful moment for the Smith Station Panthers. And unfortunately, that was their only win all season. But it's something like that that can catapult a program to the next level where Smith Station could start competing with the likes of Central and Opelika and Auburn. I agree. That conference right there, we talk about 7-8 Region 2, is one of the most toughest ones. And I say that as a player that's played in it, as well as somebody that's watched that region all season long. We talk about the Auburns, now Opelika being in there from a 6-A. We talk about Central, of course, powerhouses that are literally competing every year. Honestly, it's just the you talk about the Russell counties as well. You know that they kind of play those off and on, being region schools, but just in general, it's a tough conference. So it's not to discredit the coaching or anything over there. It's just pick up the draw once again. There's a lot of good athletes there. I know a couple of them personally, and I know what they go in week in week out trying to prove. And that upset definitely was a major win for the city of Smith Station. I remember they talked about it for days after that. We even did extensive coverage just because it was such a big thing that didn't happen. Yes, the record didn't show that they went one and nine, so it's uh, kind of like well. Now that's almost a blemish on the back end of the schedule, but it's still a pretty impressive feat to accomplish. Tony, I really appreciate you just being a guest on the show and uh, definitely would love to have you back on and, and talk some local sports here in the Fountain City. Definitely, Richard. Looking forward to it. I appreciate you again. All right, that was my guest, WTVM sports anchor Tony Reese. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the podcast. Don't forget that you could also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Download the podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for tomorrow's show as I'm going to have the Friday Night Lights High School Football Preview Review Show. You don't want to miss it. Have a great night, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.